Hello, and welcome to the Pure Logic Podcast. My name is Prune, and I am joined today by Tony and Mike, uh, all of us huge Transformers fans and all of us avid TCG players. Um, today, we have a lot planned for you, but first we wanted to talk a little bit about ourselves, um, our history with TCGs, our history with Transformers. Um, everyone say hi first. Hi, Prune here. Tony? What's going on? This is Anthony. Hello, I am Michael. Now that you know our voices to our names, I'll begin. My name is Prune, and I've been a fan of Transformers since the 80s when I was a kid. Um, How old are you? I'm in, I'm about to turn 40. So uh, I, I remember the original series when I was around four years old. I remember the movie and the, the original cartoons where I cried my eyes out when they killed Optimus Prime. Um, and the rest of the Autobots. Um, even though it was just a ploy to sell toys, they were the greatest toys on the planet at the time. So, um, As far as TCGs, I got into the magic around the dark, so figure like 92-ish, um, really early on. Uh, magic really, didn't come out to 93. Oh, so then 94-ish? You know, two years after it came out around is when I started. I'm trying to yeah, so that was that. I've uh, been playing, I played L5R very competitively, the first version, not the new Fantasy Flight, Flight version. Um, uh, quite a few other ones, the Dune card game, Battletech um, were my some of my big favorite ones back in the day. Netrunner, ooh, Netrunner was great. And then I, I took a break, you know, got married, had a family, Started running a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, took a step away from card games. Um, and then they made a Transformers card game and it pulled me back in. And I am very happy to be here playing this game. I started playing uh, Wave 1 uh, just as it came out after Gen Con. I was at the first kind of real tournaments that were being held at PAX Unplugged in the end of 2018. And then I met these fools over at uh, our local friendly gaming store on Long Island. Uh, and uh, that's it. That's, that's my Transformers and card gaming history. Uh, send it over to us next, uh, one of our hosts. That me? So, so, so I'll eat, either that or I'll take it. Being, <laughs> being the next youngest, I guess. Go, yeah. go ahead. So it turns out that uh, Prune and I actually will be turning 40 on the same day, which is a thing that we found out. Yeah. So how about that? Yeah. So got started again, like 1984, 85 with the Transformers cartoon. Uh, First toy was actually Galactic Man, which was the Radio Shack version of Shockwave that was gray that turned into the gun. Uh, So that was what got me on my initial shockwave kick back then in the uh, early 80s the movie just the best toys that were out and of course at that time we were all watching voltron and gi joe and so on but transformers was still you know the bee's knees but after that um grew up got into magic right around i would say homeland so 1995 played magic you know kitchen table really for about three years or so took a break again got married kids came back to the game to introduce it to my son around 
2015 around Oath of the Gatewatch. Um, and then have been consistently playing modern EDH and a little bit of legacy since. And uh, basically the only TCG I ever played up until now with Transformers was Magic the Gathering. So wasn't really super into them. Wasn't a big D&D guy when I was a kid. You know, more of a metalhead playing in bands. And uh, didn't really have much time for the for the card games and the, the nerd stuff. And then came back to the nerd stuff later on in life. So nerd yeah and here we stand the tcg is phenomenal all right uh i'm the oldest i guess i'll be turning 46 in june so i was actually 10 in 1984 when transformers came out so uh let's see um before transformers when i was a really young when i was like first grade i I played D D for the first time so I guess 1980, that was, that was in 1980. So yeah, I played D&D in 1980. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, 1978, 79, when I was four years old, the big thing was Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars had come out, Empire came out in 1980. So Star Wars was my jam. Um, G.I. Joe came out in 1980, so I was into that also. And uh, Star Wars kind of died after Return of the Jedi came out in 83, and the I wasn't really interested in the toys that were coming out anymore. So it was just really G.I. Joe. And then when Transformers came out in 84, I remember just kind of being blown away by how cool the toys were. And it kind of filled that void that Star Wars had left when Star Wars kind of disappeared. Um, I do remember the cartoon. When the cartoon first came on here in New York, it was on on Sunday mornings at like 10 o'clock. And I remember it was it, – I don't know why, but it seemed – like more sophisticated than like G.I. Joe or some of the other stuff that was on at the time. You know, they actually shot each other and everything. And I remember the first, uh, the first miniseries where uh, at the end of it, the Decepticons are flying back to Cybertron and Mirage hides on the ship. You remember that? You guys mm-hmm. remember that? And I remember like Starscream gets, you know, he tries to take over and then Megatron shoots him in the chest and then, Mirage blows up the ship and jumps out. And I'm just going to be like, wow, this is crazy. These cartoons are like, they're not like the other cartoons, you know, like pretty violent. The guys get shot. It just felt more like adult. I, don't, I know that sounds really stupid looking at it in hindsight now, but when I was 10, I was like, man, this is cool. <laughs> so I got into Transformers then. I, I remember getting for Christmas in 84, my mom got me, like, I think I got Mirage and I got, um, the first two I ever got, I got the, in CBS, I got Rumble and Ravage. They used to sell them together in like a little blister pack. And I had them. And then I got Mirage. And I think I got, um, oh, I don't, even, I don't even remember. I think I got Megatron. And I have, you know, I started collecting around that. I had all that stuff. Uh, I got out of Transformers actually around the time of the movie when you guys got into it. <laughs> um, I remember seeing the movie. I was in seventh grade when the movie came out. So I remember kind of like I was a at that point where I was phasing out toys and I just didn't like the movie. I, I didn't like, they killed all the characters and I just thought the movie was kind of dumb and I didn't like the time jump where it went from being like 1984, 85. So like all of a sudden it was like, what year was the movie supposed to be like 1995 or something? Yeah, I think so. The future and science fiction. And then the cartoon that came on after the movie, it was like a full on weirdo space opera with like, planet jumping and aliens and I was like man this sucks and I kind of got out of it um and I really didn't come back to Transformers until uh 
Prime, maybe? Transformers Animated? Something around that. Uh, Prime was fantastic. Yeah, Prime was cool. That, I think that's – I watched all of that on Netflix, though. I didn't watch it on TV. I do remember – I mean, are we are – we, we can have this conversation, right, about the, the, the history of the cartoon for a little bit? Yeah, sure. It's a Transformers podcast. Um, I kind of remember – when I was in college, there was a buzz around Beast Wars, but I never really watched it all that much. But when I graduated, I did watch Beast Machines – did you guys ever watch that? No, I haven't seen anything with the beasts, the, that sub-genre of Transformers. So I, I watched it later on, like like a few years ago with my son. Okay. I actually, I downloaded basically every everything that was available on Amazon and a bunch of okay. the other places. But yeah, yeah. Beach Machines I thought was cool until the very last few episodes where they revealed that like Cybertron was organic. And I really like it. And I just kind of tuned out again. I guess I really came back into it around Transformers Animated or Transformers uh, Prime. Around that time, I, I kind of got interested. And when the movie came out, with the Michael Bay movie. Anyway, uh, history of card games. So let's see. I'm old. I was in college when Magic came out. Um, I remember not um, not really caring because I was in, you know, like in college at that point. I do remember, this is a funny story I like to tell people. I remember in like 1994, I guess, or it had to be 94, I was at the bookstore at my college and I was buying some books for my class and I, I saw a box of magic cards up at the register, you know, like, and it was open and you could pull packs out of it. And it looked, you know, fantasy-ish and I had grown up playing Dungeons and Dragons, so I didn't really know what this was. And I said to the kid at the register who was like in a fraternity or something, I was like, hey, what's this? And he looked down at the package and he goes, ah, I don't know. It's like poker for nerds. <laughs> it's amazing. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't buy them. And like, the thing is I had, you know, my mom used to authorize me to use, to make big purchases on my credit card in college for when I bought books and stuff. Had I just like reached into that box and like, you know, bought all those packs. Oh my the life God. would have been so much different. <laughs> oh my God. That was in like 1994. So that was probably like, What's that? Was that like beta, maybe? Or, or yeah, well, uh, Fallen Empires. Vised or so, something. Yep. Something super old. Um, so, yeah, I never, I didn't get into Magic. Some of my friends played it, and some kids in my dorm room, in my dorm, uh, played it in like the, the, the lounge area. And they used, to, they used to fight all the time. Every time they would play, they would take cards off the top and like put them aside, and whoever won would win those cards. Yeah, that was the ante days. Yeah, that was actually in the rules. Yeah, it was. <laughs> And I remember this kid that I went to high school with who was a year or two older than me who lived in my dorm. He was really into magic, and he wasn't good at it, and he would lose all his cards every night whenever they played. And he was getting really upset. And him and this kid that used to play, all he used to do was fight and argue. And I remember saying, like, man, this is a game. It's supposed to be fun. And you, you guys are always fighting and yelling. Like, Why do you bother playing? And then uh, I never really gave magic another thought until 2013 – an opportunity presented itself for my friends and I who played D&D together every Sunday. Uh, we had the opportunity to purchase a game store, <laughs> um, which sounds kind of weird, but we did. And uh, for the first year or two, I focused more on like role-playing games and um, stuff like that. Uh, whenever Origins came out, that's when I finally broke down and decided to attempt to play Magic. So I started playing Magic around that time. So I was already, you know, I don't know, what year was that? Do you remember? 15, like the beginning of 15, I believe. So that was five years ago, yeah. right? 
And I was like already like 39 or 40 by the time I first actually tried to play Magic. Uh, I liked it at first. Um, you know, like I, I went the gamut. I was trying to build all kinds of crazy decks at first. Then I played Commander for a while. Uh, dipped my toe in the modern pool for a little bit, just playing against my friends playing modern. But I don't know. I just there's something about Magic. I just it's fun, but I just don't love it. And then the tra- I got wind that there was a Transformers game coming out at Gen Con a couple years ago. I was actually at Gen Con. And I could not find the game. I was looking at, I was like, it was on my list of stuff to try to find. And I remember, I, I found it the last day of the convention. I found the starter pack. I couldn't, they were sold out. By the time I found the booth where they were selling it, the, the uh, promo packs that had Cliff Jumper and Slipstream were sold out already. So I only got two of the starter boxes. And then I brought it back to Long Island and we started to play it around September, October. And you know, we got serious about trying to make competitive decks around that same time also. And that's when I think we met Mike because I put a, I made, I made an ad on Facebook to, for a tournament we were having. And there you go. I'm talking too long. And the rest is history. Yeah. Well, not much has changed about magic. There's still a bunch of fighting and uh, not having so much fun. So. Yeah, that was the thing I noticed about magic is that people played and didn't seem like they were having fun. It seemed like they were taking a test. And when they lost, they got really mad and upset. I feel like Transformers, you know, having played in a couple of competitive events at Gen Con and at uh, PAX East, um, even people, most of the people I played I, were pretty cool. You know, even when they won or lost, they were cool. They weren't like sore losers or sore winners. So, I don't know. Alpha nerd inferiority complex. That's a problem. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a different feel in the competitive community, and that's a, a good thing. Should we talk about uh, this fantabulous pile of cards that you uh, you concocted? Yeah, we can talk about this pile of cards I concocted. The pile of cards starts with Nemesis Prime, Demolisher, and Lionizer. And it revolves around flipping so many cards as fast as you can and making Nemesis enormous while dealing ridiculous amounts of damage with Demolisher and Lionizer. It's just unadulterated violence and face-punching. Hi, everybody. It's Prune here. Just had to interrupt our regular uh, conversation there to uh, bring up the cards that are actually in the battle deck. We, After uh, editing, we realized we did not go through all the cards that are actually in the deck. So I'm going to go through that now, and then you can listen later on and find out all the cool changes we decide to uh, add to it and any comments and questions going in with a more clearer sense of uh, what's in the deck. So already described the characters that are in the deck, but in the battle deck, there's equipment. I have three power punches, two energy packs, three composite armors, three force fields, three grenade launchers, and three improvised shields. Um, Then I have two ramming speeds as far as actions, three treasure hunts, three incoming transmissions, three fight for positions, three supercharge, two energy transfer, three peace through tyranny, two quartermaster, and two reckless charges. Um, As far as equipment goes... uh, it's pretty standard. The improvised shield for the two pips, uh, the force fields to keep Nemesis Prime aloft, 
uh, alive, the composite armor to keep the Molisher going and also increase his number of flips. A power punch is just bold three, who can laugh at that. Energy packs to, again, to keep Nemesis Prime up an extra turn at the end of the game. And grenade launchers is a plus four attack. Can't complain about that. Uh, two ramming speeds is the only removal in the deck right now. Um, we discuss that later, so stay tuned. Treasure hunts obviously are to dig through the deck and get those composite armors and force fields and uh, the energy pack. Incoming transmission again just to dig through the deck faster and also to plan a uh, back and improvised shield or a piece through tyranny when necessary. Fight for positions. I like them in here just because it's an action that grants bold. Supercharged, self-explanatory, energy transfer to hopefully keep Demolisher alive an extra turn and put some damage on to Lionizer to get him in weapon mode faster. PTTs, double pip, um, and in case in a pinch I can kill Lionizer quickly and get that extra turn if I happen to be going against someone who's playing too tall, though sometimes that's you know never a good thing to kill off one of your own guys, especially an offensive juggernaut like Lionizer. Two Quartermasters and two Reckless Charge. Reckless Charge to deal an extra set of damage with Lionizer as well as get some damage on him to get him to transform faster. That's the deck as it stands. We will discuss changes and thoughts and comments in this podcast. Now back to your regularly scheduled conversation. So you played this in the first Corona Cup, correct? Uh, a version of it. It was a... I. I didn't find out about that online tournament until like the day they were going to start it. So on my ride home on the train, I threw together an octagon deck uh, to play in it. And it was like just, it was basically my last day of work Mm. in the office before this whole bizarro world thing happened. So it wasn't as good as the physical card version of the deck I made at all. I went two and two, so, you know, it, it held its own. I lost against uh, a Shockwave deck who was Shockwave uh, Aimless, and I lost against a General Prime build with the um, General Prime with the Off-Road Patrols. Off-Road? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I won. General Prime, was General Prime dead end in Flame War, probably. And it was, yeah, no, actually, that sounds about right. General Prime dead end Flame War. It wasn't the off road patrol. Oh, so it was the blue version, not the. It was the blue version. Yeah. Yep, no, definitely. Uh, I don't think anybody has brought the orange version of General Prime to bear. No, nah, it was def- it was definitely the blue version. You're 100 percent right. Not the off road. Well, we were thinking like General Prime Infantry Commander, right? That's the one that would work that's really the... well with the off road patrol. Yeah, right. The, yeah. No, this was this was the Galactic Prime with with the blue package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's look at your deck here. Why don't you uh, open us up? So you got your characters: Nemesis Prime, Demolisher, and Private Lionizer. Uh, why don't you start off with your upgrades? Sure, hold on, I was just bringing it up. I actually have the physical deck in front of me, but if we're going to go this way, let me see here. All right, so upgrades. There, I, I use um, Treasure Hunt, mostly to flip cards, but also to get composite armor in my hand, as well as um, 
energy packs because that's going to keep Nemesis alive a lot longer. Believe it or not, energy pack is a star in this deck. Um, because towards the end, that those last four hit points, when you're not when you don't have any blue, um, those last four hit points are are enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, the deck is all orange with uh, one, two, three, four, about five white cards, but the rest is orange and double orange. So it's 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 just all face punching. Um, besides, looks better than the deck that you showed me a while back. Yeah, no this this is the one that runs a lot better. Um, this is this I I've tweaked quite a few times since I, I started building the deck. Um, let's see. So I added in... Like, we, we, I have Power Punch, all bold, uh, Grenade Launcher, uh, just for the straight-up attack. And the I, I took out Flamethrowers. Just, yeah, terrible. And I put in other cards that... Um, add attack like reckless charge or i would also cut fight for position because it's that's the thing it's an action that gives bold yeah but it sucks (laughs) you should just you could just run another card that's actually better i was i was thinking either putting in stealthiness to keep demolisher alive a turn maybe if i get lucky Mm. um and I would take a fight for position out of that. I take a fight for position out to put another quartermaster in, yeah. or maybe another reckless charge. I only really want to put reckless charge on lionizer though, so that's why I only have two. Yeah, but reckless. All right, so wait, let's back up. So if you put in another quartermaster, yeah, take out one fight for position. You're at the sweet spot of six white pips, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of all you want. Right. That's the max. I, I, I've been comfortable running this at five. I would actually increase, go to one more ramming speed, one more reckless charge, and just cut fight for position completely. The the other thing I was thinking about adding was maybe bashing shield. Oh, yeah, you're not running bashing shield at all. I'm wow. not running bashing shield at all. So I would I would put I would the, the ramming speeds are nice, but you can't pick them up. The Bastion Shields you can pick up, and I, I if I was going to sacrifice for position, I would definitely at least put one Bastion Shield. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. The problem I'm looking at right now is Bastion Shield I would run anyway because you need to be able to punch off armor because if your opponent has a force field or any kind of armor on, the decks obviously the effect is lessened. Correct. And I would I, I I have right. two ramming speeds, but the thing is you can't pick up ramming speed. So you can't pick up ramming speed. Get... Ramming speed is good because it removes any upgrade at all. Any so upgrade. You... So you can get rid of that energy pack when it's on general galactic yeah. prime. So I'm saying ramming speed I would go up to three just to increase your chances of actually drawing it. And because you're also running you're not running hmm. You got the, what about enforcement batons? Did you ever think of that one too? At that point, I really don't care. You know, you're going to hit me. It's going to happen. Mm. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not defending. I would probably run one enforcement batons mm-hmm. and like two bashing shields instead of fight. If I had to choose. Instead of I'd three fight for positions. Instead of three fight for positions if you don't want to, you know. The, th- the thing is, I, I, I the, 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 the dream turn basically 
attack lionizer with a little something. Hopefully with like a like with with a, a five position or supercharge anything. He deals a ton of damage. He dies next, goes on to demolisher. Then I still have a chance to play an action that increases bold again. So that's why I had five position. It's a bold action. There's nothing else action wise that Yeah, I get it, but you have supercharge. So I mean you know, plus Demolisher and Lionizer flip a lot of cards on their own anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, it's, it's more a matter of I have an extra chance to do two more damage. Right. I don't know. I just I just think it – I don't know. Like, yeah. I, 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 I completely is, understand what you're saying. Two I points. would actually go so far as to say I would cut fight for position completely, add a combination of Bashing Shield enforcement batons, mm-hmm. and – in place of the third quartermaster, I would run one copy of Reprocess because that removes anything. It's not orange, but again, only you know, having six cards that are not orange is not really going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all the all the matches that you lost with this deck is because you couldn't get rid of you know uh, an energy pack, or you couldn't get rid of that's a thing, right? You couldn't get rid of uh, what's that? Uh, Sparring gear when you needed it, you know what I mean. Like when when you needed the card to get rid of it, it wasn't there. So I I don't know. I feel uh, like with the- that makes a lot of sense. The other thing I, I would ditch would be energy transfer. I had it in there to again try and keep Demolisher alive a turn and put damage on Lionizer. But I honestly I haven't I never used it. That's purely situational. That's a one of. So yeah. the fact you, you chance of you having it when you really need it is is it never uh, happened. Yeah, no. So so. I would take those two out. I'd put in the bashing shields. I'd put in a forcement baton and the reprocess isn't bad. And if I'm able to keep it at six, non orange cards, I think that keeps the ratio fair. The thing is, if it was white, at least I'd flip another two cards. It's not, it's not right. Energy transfer is pretty much, I would say it's only really good in insecticons where you Mm -hmm. can move, Energy off of, off of uh, Scrapnel. Yeah. Also, right. like, like a big guy deck like Optimus Prime or something where you're, right. you know, nobody really runs orange. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I would, I would, Polisher's would, only got seven health. If I don't have a composite right. armor on him, he dies in the, definitely turn two, most likely turn one. But there's a pseudo benefit to your bashing shield because it's going to buff his armor by one, which is right. going to be an extra card flip on an attack with him. So it's sure. not nothing, but it, and it also, you're. You're a high damage deck, and if you can't land all of that damage that you're flipping, then you might as well not be doing it. So I think having more removal in the deck in the form of armors that'll buff Demolisher and ways to get around all of your opponents basically counterattack to what you're trying to do, the better off you are. So technically, you're taking away three bold two cards, but that's okay because the cards you're putting in are going to soften up your opponent's characters so that your damage that you have left over is actually going to be more relevant, I think. By the end of the game, that that three extra damage I'm going to deal because he doesn't have armor on or Correct. he doesn't have that how many, uh, how many stars is um, Demolisher again? Six. And there's no stars left over, right? Unfortunately this, not. This deck is solid. 25. I was going to say because Fangry might be a better option, but... I was going to say we can get to the point where we're looking at uh, wave five substitutions because mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's some some possibilities for this. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just saying Fangry's got a minimum of seven because he needs a head. Yeah. So. 
right. Well, I don't know. That's what that's what I would do if I were you. I would, you know, yeah, I would cut energy transfer and fight for position and add in five cards that do things. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, the cards do things. Like fight for position yeah, does do. things. That's they the do. idea. It's crap. an action. It's an action card that gives me bold. It flips more cards. But you're right. The survivor, the survivability, it makes the deck more viable. Yeah, I mean, so, it just it removes things that you know your opponents have. You know, part of this game is not just swinging for the fences all the time. You sometimes you do have to like remove <laughs> from a guy. You know what I mean? Like even if even when you're playing a blue deck, you know the difference between <coughs> with yeah. the, you know with the guns on them and the difference without it is is, is pretty pretty high. You know? Yeah, I, I come from bugs, like, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, bugs doesn't care. Right. <laughs> But no, you're yeah, right. Bugs is also four wide and doesn't care if it loses its guys because it's also running right. out. Right. So yep. mm-hmm. Correct. Them to die if you have that in your hand. This is a three wide deck, which automatically puts it at you know uh, it's kind of at a disadvantage against the four. The four. The current meta is all four wide aggro deck. Even though they're tiny. Yeah, but still, it's you know having that extra guy is pretty important. You know what I mean? So like this, if you go first with this. You know they're going to get two attacks into whoever your big threat is, and it's yeah. all orange, so that he's probably dead. Yep, and and like like I just said, demolishers made of paper. So yep, and he's your primary guy, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, also... no, he, he's the guy that's going to get the cards turned over <laughs> mm-hmm. to make Nemesis Prime swing for the fences on those last turn or two. You know what I'm also thinking? So. Instead of force field, which is like, I understand it's important because if you get it, it keeps your guy alive. Yep. To remove it, but it's basically there to keep Nemesis Prime alive that one extra turn, so I can kill your guy the next turn. What about? I don't know. I was going to say, what about instead of force fields, running three escape routes? Because then you get that you can flip Nemesis. Back and forth in a turn, and you know, do those two damage somewhere. Be relevant. Oh, yeah. Because how how much you do that? Like utilizing Nemesis is just ability, you know, to plant damage when you need it. I won a game that way once, <laughs> but <laughs> right. um, it's you have to transform Demolisher first. Yeah, I o- I only do that flip when after I just get a card underneath him. And I know I have another character that I don't need that buffer for. Like, mm-hmm. right? But I'm saying it, it, it may be happen. It can happen once a game. With Nemesis Prime, the, with this deck, the danger is if you, without escape route, if you flip him into truck mode due to damage, right? When, and then you flip a zillion cards, you might lose the window to make him gigantic. Yep. So, yeah. Escape route. Force field is like you're hoping you draw it. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly counting my deck. Right, but I'm saying escape route, you can actually pick it up. It happens in a turn. So, but and then... I don't that know. was the thing. I was looking... I'd rather play an action that gave me more attack. Well, direct but, damage is better. But yeah, at this, yeah, at this point, you know, the fight for position was too damaged, so is the escape route. Look at it that way. And the escape, the escape route's just green? No. The escape route is white-green. Green-white, White-green. Yeah. Okay, so... Fight for position, though, is not a guaranteed two damage, though, because if you're playing against a blue deck, you know what I mean? That flips a million cards, it might not translate into anything. 
But at the, at the at the end, I'm adding to attack. That's the idea. Right. I'm saying him flipping isn't guaranteed two damage somewhere. Correct. And and I also don't get to choose what. Right. But if he's you know if your opponent only has one guy left, you know you kind of yeah. wait. To... At, at the at the end, that's where it would come into play. Because it is, at the, if you think about it, it is an extra two damage that you are doing. It might not be to the bot that you wanted it to happen to, but you have now just softened up another target to maybe those two damage points are going to be what seals the deal with that for the fences swing that you put on them on the next right. turn. You know what I mean? So, so we just got to – no, the, the two actual damage happening make, would make a difference. Yeah. Also um... – now, Nemesis is melee, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So do you want to look at battle cards in Wave 5 that we could possibly throw into this thing? Sure. So let's see. What do we got? You want to start with characters first since they're bigger possibilities and then maybe move to battle cards? We would. I think the only one that I, that I would feel comfortable replacing might be Demolisher. Um, Lionizer. Well, unless... We have another source of really big bold in the set, which I'm, I'm sure we do. We just got to find it. Fangry is one. Fangry, he's set, yeah. At least. So you got to be seven stars or less to repl- to possibly replace Lionizer. Yeah, seven or six stars because yep. that'll that'll get me the uh, that'll replace either one of them. We don't want to replace both. Right. No. Um. Or or we could swap in for another set of six and seven star mm-hmm. guys. Um, we don't have to just replace one. I think Fangry is probably, the, but he's going to be a minimum of seven. So Fangry is, if you have him in bat mode, when this is attacking an enemy that has more stars than him, he has bold too. All right. Um, so, and, and how many stars does he base? He's six stars base, and then he needs a head. So I'm assuming if you give him uh, one of the heads that has... Like a bold one head? I believe there is. Let me look. There is, yeah. And is he one star? Uh, bold one. There is a one star bold uh, bold one. It is Parsec, Autobot head. All right. Um, so that gives bold one. So that's actually – that gives you actually four guys. Yeah. You know, that, that last swing is going to be for hey, five. Man. It's actually – that last swing is at least for five. Parsec is a uh, ranged Autobot. Two attack, one hit point. Yeah, zero and zero, and zero armor. Yeah, zero armor. So he he swings for five, like and then and then he dies. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying if they kill Demolisher, you still have a dude on the table who's untapped. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Fangry plus Parsec might be something to look at. I don't know. Fangry plus Parsec could be something to look at because that's yeah. I'm saying Fangry that would be Fangry is six stars, so Parsec would make him seven stars. Mm-hmm. He'd have bold one all the time. If he attacked an enemy with seven, with has more than stars than he does, so more than seven stars, he would have bold three, which is pretty good before you do anything to him. And that's in his alt mode, so he starts out that way. And he has four base attack in that mode, so he has a lot more health than Lionel. He has. A, uh, yeah, he has. Well, I don't know if like I was looking to cut Demolisher instead of. Um, oh well, then instead of Lionizer, I don't know. Well, actually, would that work? You couldn't because Fangry by himself is six. It's six, so we'd have and to cut. That's Lionizer. Demolisher, and then yeah, because then you'd have 
one you'd, you'd be over stars by one okay. with the head. Well, I'm saying Fangry, and you have an all Decepticon team, which actually makes things even more interesting because then you could run uh, Frag Toss. That opens up a bunch of cards. Yeah. Um, actually, no, you won't because Parsec is an Autobot. He is. Oh, right, right, right. Autobots, uh, their heads, I think, count towards their identity. Do they count as a bot? That's the question. Uh, yeah, they do. I, I yeah, believe. so then that's that. Looking at everything else, all the other bodies look like they are at least seven stars. Right? Uh, Wolfwire and Top Spin. Yeah. So it looks like if you're going to add a character, it would be probably be Fangry. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of – you're trading – if you're cutting Lionizer. Yeah. His, like, Lionizer, on his first attack, I'm flipping six cards at least. Right. Yeah, I don't know that you want to do that with Fangry. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Fangry is that only going to be flipping with his – if he has – if I get if – I, if I fight someone that has – Six or five stars, which could be a thing. It could be a thing. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a sideboard play. Fangry, uh, if if Fangry goes first and has both three, you're flipping three. You're flipping at least five cards. Five cards. He has four base damage, whereas Lionizer has zero. So. He's gonna he's gonna deal more damage than Lionizer. And then the good part is, if Fangry dies, you do get another guy. Yeah, I get that so that he, extra. Three cards being flipped. <laughs> they have to basically waste an attack on Parsec unless yeah. they just direct damage him, which shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it, I think it, that direct damage is going to be more of a thing. So, well, here's the problem though: if they the direct damage that's currently, in, you know, is it's that's two damage that's not going to go on Nemesis. Right, but I'm saying sturdy javelin would mean they would have to attack Parsec because they have to attack and then throw the javelin. So. It, would, it, it soaks the attack. <clears throat> I'm saying it soaks the attack, and they would just kill him with the javelin, probably. Yeah. But there are d- better direct damage cards in this set, I think, that would... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, definitely going to be a thing. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, unless you see any other characters that you could uh, add in here. Uh, not not off the, off the cuff, unfortunately. It just doesn't... Yeah, no. I don't see anything that does what you want... Yeah, there's, there's nothing cheap enough. Yeah, like all the guys that are six and seven stars, like Gears doesn't really, not really an offensive character. Uh-huh. Outback isn't doing what you want it to be doing. Beachcomber, you know, uh, Crankcase. Yeah. All the, it seems like all the smaller guys are not super offensive minded. All right. So, battle cards? Mm-hmm. Battle cards. Uh, Let's see. There are a few. Well, some of them. I mean, uh, one of them that I looked at, which I thought of, was Emergency Barricade, since you're still running Demolisher, which is another plus three tough armor that's orange pipped. So and that could be relevant. Is that is that one that goes away at the end of the attack? Yes, it's similar to Composite. So where after it defends Scrap. Mm-hmm. So, But you'll uh, hit it off of your treasure hunts. You know, as you would normally any of the other ones. So, the, just uh, another, you know, the crystal, crystal, yeah, and the crystal on demolisher would give him plus three attack, and also have him flip two more cards. Yep. Yeah, yeah, pretty, that's big. Pretty broken. But now the crystal but, of power is going to go towards your off-color pip cards. So now whatever right. your mix is with the whites, or if you're running the reprocess and having a green, 
you're going to have to start finagling those counts as well because the black pip is going to throw off you yes. know, all of that as well. No, so. well the, between the, ener- the two energy transfers and the three uh, Pfeiffer positions, that's five cards I got to lose. Two, yep. um, the problem is they're all orange. They are orange. Yeah, they're on color. So we don't, so. We, I would put in I, maybe one or two of these crystals of powers. I wouldn't add more than that. And if I did, I'd probably have to sack out a either a quartermaster or a force field. Mm-hmm. I feel like also, since we're talking wave, car, wave five cards, you probably want to sideboard hold the line. Hold the line. Which one was that? Hold the line is a secret action. This It's white green. It says reveal when one of your characters defends. When revealed, repair one damage from the defender. It can't take more attack damage this battle than the number of stars the attack. Oh, has. yeah. So... Definitely, that that would keep that would keep Demolisher alive a turn, and it would also keep Nemesis alive a turn. So there you go. So there's another card I looked at. It's an action, and this would actually go into play if you were going to take Mike's advice and run escape route for more direct damage. Would be Magnetic Dysfunction Ray, Orange Black Pip. Do one damage to each character, but do one damage to each Autobot. So you're doing two damage to an Autobot. On your team, that's only Lionizer. Yeah, and I want him to die. So yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't I wouldn't run this. It's 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 orange. Yeah, but if you let's say if you do, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, what one damage to Demolisher is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, just doing one damage to you have no way to protect yourself in this deck. So the more you hurt yourself, the easier you make it for your opponents to, you know, take yeah. that. So. I was thinking more along the lines if you were running Parsec and Fangry, this would kill Parsec. <laughs> That'd be you know? terrible. Oh, but we're not going to do that. But I'm saying, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I this I feel like is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this card. Mm. I mean, if. I would I would put lose the initiative in because one it's yellow it's orange and it's green, and I would put it in my sideboard against cars, and I would untap demolisher every turn. <laughs> right. Um, just trying to look through this right now. Just just having that in my sideboard makes me feel good about playing against cars. Uh, I don't. That's really it for this for this particular deck. Looking at wave five. I'm just noticing they actually reprinted Improvised Shield. Yeah, with nice art. Oh, yeah, look at that. It's a car. Megatron holding up a car. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, hold down. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking about flipping more cards, but just getting cards to flip to make Nemesis big. But you know, the, the thing that's going to, with this deck, what's going to matter is. In this wave, will three wide aggro decks become viable again? Mm. You know? Because I think when you played in that tournament, you played against a bunch of blue decks, right? Did you play any aggro decks? Uh, no. No, I did not. <laughs> well, see, I feel like everyone has moved into playing, like, you know, the big guy of the week plus two mm-hmm. small guys for blue. You know, I, I played I played a white deck. I played a weird Mirage white deck, which wasn't as good as your weird Mirage white deck. That's not my deck, though. I took that deck from oh, okay. 
the YouTube channel uh, from a YouTube channel. And that deck okay. is actually functional. Yeah. Yeah, the deck that I based my deck off of is actually really good. Um, that was the Jank Lab, I think I took that from. Yeah. Uh, James Jones, I think. Jimmy, Jimmy Jones or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's grant him. Good job. That's a fun yeah. deck. Uh, I, um, it's a funny side note against about that deck. I played that deck in one of the last chance qualifiers at PAX East. Yeah. And uh, I played against everyone that I, when I pulled that deck out, like nobody had seen it. They were like, what is this? You know? And I played against a three wide aggro deck that was very similar to a lot of the decks you guys build. It was like Lord Megatron and uh, Impactor. And uh, guy told me afterwards, he goes, this deck is crazy. He's like, I never felt like I was in control of this game at all. <laughs> if you swing for like 13, I was like, well, I take five, you know, because of uh, Vanguard. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody hasn't heard of this Mirage deck, uh, I'm going to try to find the link right now on YouTube. But basically, it's it's called um, it's called uh, Cena. What is it? It's John, uh, Mirage Cena or Terax? No, it's called Terraxodon Cena. Yeah. And it, it you, uses, you can't see me. Yeah, it's, it uses Wave 1 Mirage, Vanguard, Terraxodon, and Fireflight. And the entire battle deck is all white pip cards with the exception of, like, I think four or five black pip cards. And the idea is to, um, whenever your guys, whenever you get attacked, and it's going to keep coming into Firefly because he has Brave, um, whenever you defend, you're going to flip white cards, and it'll trigger Vanguard, and your guys have basically built-in force fields. Um, yeah. Whenever Mirage attacks, he's just going to untap because you're pretty much always going to flip you know, at least three white pip cards. And then when Taraxodon finally dies, he turns into a, a, a giant hammer that basically says, when you attack and flip at least uh, two or three white pip cards, your opponent's base defense is zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Mirage is hitting for a ton, and the deck is, is actually really fun. Yeah. Although I find the weakness of the deck at the EIQ, and the weakness is cards. Uh, the four-wide cars deck... Um, they kept on tapping, and I could never get to the wheel turn where Mirage swings twice, you know what I mean, and, and delete somebody with Taraxodon, so that was kind of a problem. Yeah, the, the um, idea is also that the, you, you, attack, you can attack with Mirage every turn, right. so that, so that um, they, they have to keep attacking the guy with Brave. You know, they keep attacking right. and, uh, basically, what the, the play is, you want, you want to basically funnel all the attacks into... Uh, Fireflight. Yeah. Until you draw, um, what's that card? It's a black pip card. It's involuntary promotion. Right. And then you bring him back. Yeah. So then and it's like once he dies, you play that. You bring him back. You kill Taraxodon. Put Taraxodon right. Mirage. Yeah. It's kind of disgusting. When it when it works and it fires fully, it's it's kind of gross. But um, it does fold to a lot of direct damage. And it, yeah, and it folds to uh, to untapping. Yeah, to untapping cards. <laughs> um, As most things do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's funny that, you know, I listen to, you know, us going on and on about cars. But cars is not really a deck that gets played a lot, you know, because it's, right, it's not good against blue because. Right. Because, like, I, I think yeah. I was listening to, uh, I think it was uh, Stefan and Dan Arnold talking about um, cars. And, and Dan made a great point that, you know, uh, cars without weapons are literal garbage because they have no built-in abilities. You know, they it's like Bumblebee. It's great that he can attack an untapped character, but 
you know, if his grenade launcher gets punched off by a sabotage armaments or whatever, he's just here's four damage. Yeah, and that's not amazing. What do, what do we think about putting in to my deck, the deck we were just talking about, the, the Lionizer Demolisher deck, lock right. on target? I was thinking about it, but it's a blue pip. Right. But, so, I mean, yeah, it could go towards your, again, your off-colored pips and bold four, nothing to sneeze at. Right. So, I mean, that's that's the numbers you want to be hitting. Like, I don't have a plane in a deck, but who gives a shit? You're not defending I'm, I'm anyway. I'm not defending anyway. Yeah. It's there just for the bold four. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you like having blank pips in your deck, then sure. I like having bold four in your deck. <laughs> as an action. As an action. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm not opposed to it, but that's just me. Because, I mean, you, again, but it's the same thing with the fight for position, right? But, uh, yeah. That, my problem with cards that aren't findable that are against your color is you're going to flip them way more than you draw them. So yeah. All right. it's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. Yeah, when you draw it, it's going to be like, yes, you know, I got it. Like when I when I built that um, that off-road patrol deck, I was running three copies of uh, four-wheel drive, you know, and it's like, it's amazing when you give your guys seven base attack, but there were times when I would attack and I would flip that twice, you know, and it effectively takes yeah. damage away. And it's like, ugh, you know? Yep. But, but it's ultimately what Wizards wants us to do, right? R&D wants us to put, blue cards into an orange deck because they want pip diversity because they i don't know obviously the game is very much lend itself now towards mono blue mono orange and that's basically it you know and now printing bold four on a blue pip card they knew it was going to be enticing to some people but they made the hindrance that it's you know a blue pip on a on a strong card like that um i I don't know I, i i don't know they want us to the thing is putting an orange pip action that says give all your give a guy bold four would be so obviously powerful. Yep, would be in every aggro deck because it's just that that's an obvious like just the way supercharge and grenade launcher are obvious includes in every orange deck. That card would then be it's obvious. So I think it, I don't know if they're trying to force you to. I think there's enough characters out there. Like, I mean, the the one that comes to mind now is like Ultra Magnus, mm-hmm. you know, or even. Um, Galactic Prime, that you want to flip a lot of cards when you attack. Maybe not necessarily to do damage, but... To to do something. Yeah, you want to trigger an ability. So, like, that card would fit great in, like, a Metroplex deck. Yep. There are three cards that give him bold four. Um, So now he would be be up to six cards that do that, which is actually pretty awesome. Right. And then the other thing I'm looking at now, though, is... I want to flip cards, too. I want to flip cards to empower Nemesis Prime. This is the biggest card flip bonus there is. I mean, look, proxy it up and throw it in the deck, and then we can do either a camera yeah. match, and you try it. You see what happens, because honestly, I, I, you don't know until you try. So. Well, you know what? Let's let's do that this week, and we will uh, we'll, we'll let everyone know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, like, if you're going to try that, though, the most non-orange cards I would run would be... Um, a most six. I mean, you could stretch it to nine, but then you're really kind of hurting, you know what I mean, your attacks. Right. It's hurt, yeah, imagine it's a big demolisher swing and you flip uh, yeah, four orange cards out of that whole thing. That It, it hurts that, that demolisher and lionizer swings, but it, it makes prime bigger. You know, I, I'm, only, I'm only flipping two cards at the end of the game with, with Nemesis, but he's yeah. swinging for 16, so... Right, but I'm saying when Nemesis is attached to... I mean, not Nemesis. When Lionizer is attached to someone, 
yeah, yeah. want him to be swinging for a lot of damage, mm-hmm. not flipping a bunch of blue pip cards. And like, of, of course. So. As a matter of fact, I'll slot it into my uh, major Ultra Magnus shell and see if it works better there or otherwise to proc that ability as many times better, as I'd like it's to. better in Ultra Magnus because... Wait, who are you running Ultra Magnus with? Uh, I have a couple of variations, but I have to I have to see what I want to do. Because, again, I've been working out the pips on which direction it was going to be. It's a total mixed pip list, but I wanted to get your opinion on it because I really want to play... I secured one, I got one, and I tried it, and it was good. But my whole thing with that is it's a range deck because I want to be doing direct damage in addition to the sweep damage that he does. And uh, in my version, I was only running one copy of the armor. And then there was one version where I wasn't running the armor to get more stars for dudes. But um, uh, I, had a, I had a version of Ultra Magnus. I had, it, was, it was General Optimus Prime Ultra Magnus. Um, it did pretty well. Um, it was obviously had the weaknesses of being too wide, but I tried to basically just make it like all the best blue and orange cards because it wanted to be a mixed pit deck. Yeah. So it was pretty fun, actually, you know, like putting a grenade launcher on Ultra Magnus, transforming him and swinging with the armor still attached, you know. Yeah, it, it, it yeah, he's, yeah he does some stuff. I was trying to stretch it to a three wide. Yeah. Um, but again, that messes with your stars because you, you do want to have that armor on him from the beginning of the game. But like anything else, it gets blown off. He's got one armor base. So yeah, it's like the thing is by putting him with general Optimus Prime, he had tough one and bold one. Yes. Yeah. So it was very easy. I was finding it very easy. Well, not very easy, but it was happening often enough that when he would attack on turn one, he would proc his ability, do one damage to everybody on the table. You know, and then my opponent would focus all their attention on, on Ultra Magnus because he has Brave on the other side and you know, Optimus would come out of it basically very healthy and with some equipment on him, and he was sometimes it was enough for him to pull the match out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's there's probably a version of that deck. I mean, I could see maybe Energy Pack because both of them qualify. There's there's a couple of different things to let them stand up a little bit longer. But yeah. I, you know, I mean, there was a couple of games in that where I was I lived the dream and I had a Matrix <laughs> on both guys and I had a, you know. A, <laughs> the, That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Blaster on Prime, and the armor was still on. You know, I also used to run like one or two copies of spare parts, so that if you could land land that down before your opponent got rid of the armor, then they had to go through the spare parts to get rid of. Yep. The armor. I ran two in mind. The version that had the Ultra Magnus armor was running two spare parts because that's, yeah, there's nothing nothing better than just blowing that off. I yeah. actually remember in a game against Pat, I had Ultra Magnus died. And uh, I had Optimus left. And I remember I drew the armor again. And, <laughs> and Optimus at one point had the Ion Blaster, the Ultra Magnus armor, and the Matrix all on him at the same time. And I was like, I'm living the Autobot dream right now. <laughs> <laughs> so much so much awesomeness on Optimus Prime right now. Awesome. And, and for you being that Autobot fan that you are, that's I heaven. Am. Yeah. I love the Pro Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Pure Logic Podcast Episode 2. Prune, Anthony, and Mike signing off. Till all are one, we'll see you next time.